Hello and welcome to the Psychic Stories podcast, encouraging conversations about mental health. Today I'm speaking to Jack Middlemore. Jack's a rugby player who originally shared his mental health journey on the Blindside documentary series about a group of people who found solidarity and camaraderie through playing rugby. Jack, how are you doing? Good evening. Yeah, good evening to you too, Matt. How's it going? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, doing okay, thank you. Getting on with things. Good. Um, for those who aren't uh, looking at a video, um, Jack has been playing rugby and his face shows it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first five minutes after kickoff, feels a kick, um, and then got tackled. Their team tried to clear out the ruck, and someone decided that their studs would look lovely on my forehead. Ooh. So, yeah, got a nice little scratch and a graze. A good welcome start to the <laughs> back into the game, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Awesome, Jack. So um, today we hope to have an open, honest conversation uh, about your mental health journey to get some insight into the tools and techniques that have helped you and are available and accessible to other people. And by discussing your journey, we hope to share and normalise the conversations about mental health, as often people are not alone in the experiences. And frankly. We're never alone in these experiences. Yeah, couldn't agree good. More. Yeah, that's a good plan. Awesome. Um, so, Jack, I would love to hear a bit about your mental health journey. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I think mental health growing up was something that always was there for me. Um, I was bullied a fair bit at school, so mm. a lot of anxiety around that, a lot of sort of not wanting to go to school, things along those lines. But for me, it sort of really ramped up when I went to uni. Mm. Um, uni was never something that I really planned on doing I applied because my sick form encouraged it and I, yeah. I got into my first choice which I was over the moon about but well, that's pretty natural right like no one really knows and you're kind of yeah. told to apply and you apply and you don't really think about it you just turn up yeah 17 18 years old I had no I still have no idea what to do with my life I'm 24 now but <laughs> mate, um, mate, I'm 36 I got no idea <laughs> yeah life just comes at you but um so 17 18 I was like oh we, I guess I have to do something next don't I so yeah. getting into uni I was like fair enough off we go um and I found uni, the excitement around it's fantastic. And there are some really, really amazing parts of the culture. The, the social life, I think, is incredible, but in smaller doses, I think, than is currently encouraged. Mm. Um, I found sort of the, the uni drinking culture very destructive, and I bought into it heavily as well. Yeah. Um, is that the general, like drinking culture or is that more around the sport kind of side of things or do you think it's just people have people have too much time and just basically have a student loan and just spend it on booze i think it's a mixture of all three <laughs> um quite honestly quite honestly it's a great it's a great way to spend that student loan isn't it it massively is yeah definitely um and it, it goes quick when you're going out three times a week and all that. <laughs> very true um but yeah i found i loved being at uni at times but i found it also weirdly quite isolating Mm. sort of going from being at home in an environment that I was comfortable with to being at uni living in, in halls of two three hundred strangers and whilst yeah. you're in a flat with people you don't know any of them you're not mates with them for the first couple of weeks and even mm. then I still found it quite isolating at times even after being in halls for sort of six months plus you know mm. you go into your room and you're by yourself and it, it, I don't know for me I found it very isolating and that sort of like you say, it's a really weird experience, right? Because so like you, you're, you're, you're almost, I mean, frankly, a lot of people are peacocking, right? Like there's a lot of energy that goes into trying to make friends and things like that. Massively. When that door closes at night, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm still on training. And that yeah. was, I'm exhausted. Like, and actually I'm not sure I like anyone that I've met. Yeah. Yeah. At, at times it's, it's sort of, it's quite difficult. You get a, a real, a real hot pot of personalities I guess don't you a real sort of yeah. mixture and blends and some people just don't get along with and sometimes it just isn't the right environment for some people I think that was the case for me but I just wasn't mm. ready or willing to admit that 
Um, did, you, did you find like just going back to when you were at school, you said like about being bullied, bullying stuff. Like was that something that you did you recognise that you had some anxiety around that, or like when you were in, let's say, new social situations, did you feel yeah. worried and? Yeah. You know, how did that manifest itself? Yeah, I'd get sort of that. I've always referred to it as that sort of anxious knot in my stomach, that real, that, that knotted sensation that almost hurts. Um, sometimes shaky hands. I get a bit of a stutter sometimes. Um, and I think sort of as a result of that, I've gotten really good at faking being confident. Mm. So I come across as a very confident person. And a lot of the times I'm there like, get me out of here. I can't stand this. Mm. Um, it's just this is a lot to deal with right now but you you get very good at sort of hiding that and uh, and sort of projecting a different a different front I find I think that's a really good way to put it isn't it is like if that mask comes on like in yes. some respects you're, you're acting right and actually in some respects like you can almost sometimes kid yourself especially if drinks involved then when that mask comes on yeah you know Jack is that mask so to speak you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's very yeah. difficult difficult sometimes to differentiate between the two yeah massively so massively so I, I find myself sort of doing trying to be the life of the party once when strength got involved and a lot of the times that was me forcing something to come across as confident just so I didn't feel anxious yeah uh, and it, it sort of resulted in me doing things or getting in situations I didn't want to be in or just the very act of it wasn't right for me and it sort of that in itself is quite emotionally draining yeah that, that yeah. can sort of take its toll when you're just in a situation where you know you shouldn't be in it or it just isn't meeting your needs in that moment and for the longest time I couldn't recognize that I knew I wasn't happy but I wasn't putting the two and two together because I thought this is normal this is this is the uni culture and I think you're wrong I had some fantastic nights some nights that I still talk about to this day and some experiences I still talk about to this day but being hungover three four days a week it's not great for your mental health is it let's be honest no it it takes it takes a huge toll uh, and I think the issue for me is, so when I came back from my first year of uni, I came mm-hmm. home and the first day back, I found out my parents were getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and at sort of 18, 19 years old. Oh, and so I, I had, yeah, I had no idea sort of anything was wrong with the marriage, more importantly. Yeah. Um, uh, and looking back at it, it, it probably, it, it, no, no, probably it was the best thing to happen, I think, for my mum and my dad, both as individuals. Um, but especially in hindsight, you see them now and you kind of think, oh, that's what that's what your good side looks like. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you see that they're both happier and you know, 25 years together. And for me, it was much a blindside moment. I had no idea it was coming mm. um, and I had no idea how to process it. I was finding things out about my parents' relationship that I didn't know. And yeah. did I want to know more importantly? Yeah. How do you process hearing things about your parents and their actions when they're your idols? well that's it and it's 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 for the first time in your life those the parents on your you know that they fall off their pedestals because you've put them on one and they're back to your level and you realize like shit like mum and dad you're just like me yeah yeah exactly if not Uh, worse (laughs) yeah exactly and so you then sort of had a very awkward summer of my parents were in the process of getting divorced but my dad was still in the house Mm. so my dad's in the guest room mums and what was their room for the past 10 years in that house and it's just a very strange strange experience and it's very it's it's really rough being at the dinner table and we were still eating as a family yeah. but like no one was talking and that's a really unpleasant experience um and I struggled with that I didn't know how to process that quite honestly uh, and at, it took a at long the time, time did too. you want did you want to say do you want to say look let's just 
let's talk about it. Like, surely this is a good thing to talk about. Or actually, was it just like, we've got no idea what to say? Um, there's part of me that wanted to say something. And there's part of me that just quite honestly wanted the whole thing to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Lots, um, it's, a lot to, it's a lot to take in, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in. Um, and so sort of horrible, I wouldn't say it's a horrible summer, but it, it certainly wasn't one of my, my best summers to date. Yeah. Um, uh, I went back to uni still sort of processing this information. And I, the, for me, the the nights out sort of turned into an escape almost. Yeah. I didn't have to think about that. Mm. Um, coupled that with sort of just, I wasn't happy at uni full stop. I wasn't, mm. I wasn't enjoying my degree. I wasn't doing well in my degree. Mm. I had no motivation to go to my lectures. Um, I didn't want to go to my lectures, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and then I think... F- yeah, my mental health sort of started spiraling a little bit more. Uh, and then just one night out, my friend sort of offered me a pill. Uh, mm. And I was like, okay. And he's like, this will make you feel better. And, uh, and, and it frankly, did. it does. It, it did. Yeah, I felt yeah. I felt on top of the world for four or five hours. Yeah. And the next day I felt horrendous. Yeah. Um, but I fell into the sort of the trap of, of then chasing that, of then being down that rabbit hole for a while up down up down up down up down yeah doing that sort of two or three times a week takes its toll very quickly um it really really took its toll on me um and and, and did you like at the time like because you obviously now you're really like eloquent about talking about your your own mental health and stuff like at the time like did you have any awareness other than i feel really bad sometimes but when i drink or take this feel quite good I had no, I don't think I'd, I'd gotten, I don't think I was willing to go past that surface level. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. willing to sort of approach it a deeper aspect. Um, and, and that ramped up, up until the end of second year and then back home to from uni for that, that summer. Um, another uneventful summer, my parents had sort of finally moved into separate houses. Yeah. That was the back and forth was weird. And that's always hard. That's hard for you because you've, you've, uh, yeah, I, I assume, like you said, you've been in your original family house for a long time and suddenly you've gone yeah. away to uni and you've come back and you're like, the, well, everything's changed. Yeah. Everything's changed. There's two houses. I've got a bedroom in both. And it's like, yeah, I don't know what to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very weird. And it's yeah. just so difficult and learning. I have a younger sister that's eight years between us um, mm. uh, and learning more and more about that that my mum and dad's relationship and the impact it's having on my sister as well as myself yeah. and it's it, it's really hard to sort of balance that because you want to be there for your family but you don't know how you feel yourself about it and yeah. that that adds up because then I felt like I wasn't being a good brother um which makes my, you feel even worse right yeah exactly yeah. but my sister didn't want to talk about it and I didn't know how to talk about it with my sister um so it all sort of it racks up and then back to uni for what would have been my it was my third year at uni but I, I'd failed my second year mm. so I was redoing a year yeah um and I was sort of spiraling more and more I just didn't want to do stuff anymore I was I'd stopped eating as much um and then I had a, a just a really bad sport so the night didn't get my way at all um the drink had ramped up the, the drug abuse had ranked mm. ramped up my hair was just a sort of a sports social evening where I'd been I've been humiliated quite honestly quite publicly mm. um and I I had a really horrible night and sort of like I had to leave the social like I was sent home from the social early um and, and that humiliation I, I, I does that go back to like when you were young with bullying and stuff like that yeah like it, yeah I mean surely that must have been a melting pot of just oh god yeah Crap. yeah exactly and it's sort of it all in some ways tied back into that. itself but um Wonderful. yeah uh had a horrible social um and I, I'd been I think sort of over that, that that year of just 
drink and drugs and mm. doing things that didn't make me happy but I thought would make me happy or I thought would be the right thing to do partying socially at sports sports at uni that sort of thing um it, it just wasn't right for me but I stayed in that environment and that also mm. after a while I started to get quite toxic and quite yeah. quite it didn't align with what I wanted or my morals at the time but I wasn't willing to admit that so I think that's also quite a big internal battle um and I I, I was at the point where I, I, I fully hated myself I didn't mm. want to be here anymore quite honestly uh, and so that night and was that because of the, that kind of conflict between like that kind of that that mask that you said come over that had got yeah. so extreme and then you can almost in some respect look back at yourself and say well that's the person I want to be this yeah. is the person who I'm being and these do not fit together and they're so far away from each other I don't even know how to talk to each other so to speak you know yeah yeah partially uh, I think it's just a mixture of sort of I was at uni I hated being at uni I didn't enjoy my degree I enjoyed parts of my degree but as a whole I was never attending lectures I was never so I don't think I ever fully tried with the degree mm. I hated myself for how I wasn't trying I hated myself because I was failing the degree I hated myself because I was constantly you, you know the beer fear was in full effect three mornings every week yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Monday Wednesday Friday did, did you notice that kind of you know, in a dialogue, you know, you, you know, when, when we talk about like, you know, like, you know, talking to yourself and hating yourself, like that's an inner, yes, inner yeah. voice, right? Did, did, did that inner voice, was that inner voice always there or did it start to ramp up at a certain stage? Did you realize that or did you just get overwhelmed with these sorts of, you know, basically, you know, like you said, I hate myself, you're shit, you're shit, you're shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. Um, yeah, it, it, it it was always there i think some like i feel like whenever you're anxious there's always that inner in a yeah. in a dialogue there isn't there you know the sort of you know you're not good enough or you're not going to fit in or they're not yeah. like you um and, and that ramped up i think especially with sort of the drink and drug abuse that is, is going to get worse that's going to mm -hmm. become more and more and the more i started to hate myself the more that dialogue increased mm -hmm. more the more vocal it was i guess i, I think say. that's a really good way of putting it it just starts to dominate doesn't it yeah completely I, I would do something and go oh you're, you're not good enough you don't deserve to be happy you, you don't you're not worthy of being happy this happened to you because you're not good enough you know um, i think the thing is if you if you if that happen, goes on every day for weeks and weeks and weeks it becomes a habit right yeah it's it's fully a habit and it's a very hard pattern to break yeah i agree because how do you shift your mindset from being you're not good enough you're not worthy you deserve all these bad things that are happening to you albeit bad things were happening as sort of my actions mm which but the actions what well, i was behaving how i was because i didn't think i was good enough so it's sort of like a vicious loop isn't it you keep going round and round and round i'm not good enough so i'm going to mm. go out tonight um take take some drugs and try and talk to some girls um yeah. but actually i hate i hate the come down i hate how i feel the next day i hate having casual sex i don't like how yeah. it makes me feel yeah um so it all sort of ties into a ties into a loop because you think that makes you feel better but you hate yourself the next day for it and you keep yeah. trying to go in that pattern and I think, um, like, I also, like, if you if we draw ourselves away from that, we kind of like, you know, look, you know, you look at yourself back yeah. then, right? It sounds like as well you had no tools to cope with whatever you got to no. deal with, right? Like, and that this is the thing which always comes up on 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 our on our kind of on our podcast conversations. It's like, I, what, what the hell's school for? Like, if there's one thing yeah. that seems to it, it turns out, you know, it turns out people. It doesn't seem to turn out people who are self-aware or have got the no. kind of tools to cope. And then, yeah, there's the argument that you've got to go through life's pretty average challenges yeah. to get through that. 
and to get that toolkit. But I'm pretty certain we could be given or at least taught some level of coping so that if you are in a bit of a shit situation, you can start to, you know, at least pull yourself back a bit and go, yeah. actually, this might not be quite good for me and actually have that more positive, constructive conversation in yourself. I agree fully in my eyes, mental health is physical health. I feel yeah. like there's no, there's no separation for me as a, for me personally. I feel like the two are very much hand in hand. There's no, no separation there. And yeah, I didn't get the tools to deal with how I was feeling until I, I'd hit rock bottom yeah. and tried to go deeper and then had to sort of finally go, I'm in a really terrible place. I need to seek professional help. And it wasn't mm. until I started seeing a therapist that, that that sort of and I still see a therapist every week like clockwork and that's mm. one of my huge coping thing for me is that but that that night I I went home and I was I'd been humiliated I'd been hitting myself for a while I was drunk I was mad I was upset um and I I sort of I'd been thinking about taking my own life for a little while like I'd had the thoughts but I was never going to act on it I don't think yeah but, but, the thing is once you've got the thoughts they don't go away do they yeah it was just a case of things would be easier if I'm not here. Yeah. People I'm, I'm causing issues. People's lives would be easier if I'm not here. Things would be easier for me if I haven't got to deal with this anymore. These are powerful, I don't want to. These are powerful thoughts you can't control. Right? No, then they're there and they're, they're, they're such a, there's such a, a weight and a gravity behind those thoughts that no matter what you do, you can't shift them. They come into your head so casually when you're there, mm. but the, the actual severity of that thought is, it is very hard to sort of grasp the depth of and the, the gravity of that thought. Yeah, because it's, it's scary as well, right? Yeah, and in in some way, your own mind is telling you subconsciously that you're so unhappy that you don't want to be here anymore, and that's such a mad idea in my eyes that your own inner dialogue is that you're un, that unhappy that your own inner dialogue is is giving you that that thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to take my own life. I I cut my wrists and I overdosed on some some very strong prescription medication and mm-hmm. as many cold and flu pills as we had in the house, which is about three or four packets worth. Um, and I spent three days after that in hospital, uh, getting flushed out. And I almost I was so close to kidney failure that would have that would have finished me off. But that would have been a horrible way to go. And if you don't mind me asking, like during that very difficult period, like yeah, were there thoughts of regret that that you that it hadn't worked or actually was there kind of like a little blossoming of life in you going hold on right second chance here we go um if you don't mind me asking yeah no of course it was I think at first there was regret that it hadn't worked Mm. I I had I I think after when I was drunk I'd fixated so much on that things would be easier if I wasn't here that was the solution yeah that was the solution yeah yeah, I felt like I was the issue, and by removing the issue, you solve the problem. Mm. Uh, um, and that's not how to approach that situation. And I know that now. But yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was regretful that it didn't work for a few years afterwards. And then I sort of, quite honestly, I, I, after that happened, my my best friend, my childhood best friend, came and spent two days and a day and a half A and E with me as mm. they they flushed out all the toxins from my system and and mm. things like that. Uh, I went through all the various mental health checks um, uh, and then I was released and I went home for like back to like my family home for like two or three days but being there was as much part of the problem as being at uni um, you know I'm back in my family home where everything is not as it was and that was part of the issue is that I didn't or I wasn't willing to deal with that mm. that change to my family yeah. um, 
And so I just quite honestly brushed it under the rug. I just pretended it never happened. I went back to uni like two days later. I was I was back at my my weekend job, my my part-time job, like four or five days after it happened. Just pretending that it never happened. And that continued for six months or so. Um, and for maybe a month and a half, I was like, okay, obviously there's an issue here. I'm going to stop going to the sports socials. I'm going to stop going out. I'm going to stop taking drugs. Okay, so, 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 so there was, so there was that kind of inkling, that hold on, like something, this isn't, something's yeah. got to change. But, but then, change. but then again, not only is something's got to change, it's like, I mean, there's two choices in those situations, right? Like, like, and 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 in one respect, you took one choice. You're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yes. Yeah. The second choice is I want to live. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? Was there a conscious decision where you're like, you know what, this is the path I want to take? Not at that point. No, I hadn't made that sort of choice. It was more uh, from from sort of fr- close friends and family saying, like, you, you need to stop this. Right. So it was it almost that like they were providing you with those kind of like, yeah, I suppose it was a choice that some I insight made. and say, hold on, like, you know, you know, if you tried, if, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you know, perhaps try that, that, that might make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And were you receptive to that advice? A, a bit. Not... I didn't want to quite honestly admit that it was an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to face it because that makes it obviously what I'd done is very real. But yeah. th- then me looking in the mirror and going, why don't you want to be alive anymore? Mm. That makes it a lot more real. And I wasn't prepared to deal with that. I wasn't willing to deal with that, I think, was mm. the issue more than anything. wasn't that I wasn't prepared to. It was that I wasn't willing to. Mm. Um, so I just I brushed it under the rug. And I lived in a house with several other lads. And they are all good lads they're all mm. they were good friends but not as close anymore since we've left uni um, mm. that happens um and they each tried to be there for me in, my, in their own way mm, that's amazing that support right yeah so we were all the same sports team um mm. i lived with both social secretaries so mm. you, even when i was trying not to drink i was still very involved socially in the team and that was part of the issue for me i think at that point is that mm. the, that environment was wrong for me mm. um and yeah, they all tried to be there, but I just nothing against the boys. They're all good lads, but I think just that that environment wasn't the right place for me. It wasn't healthy for you. Yeah. No, not not for me. And that's nothing to say against those boys. Well, it no. just that that culture wasn't right for me. Yeah, and, and and frankly, like it's not it's nothing to do with with people and personalities, right? It's like in like you said in your state, which was you know you, you know you you you're in a dark state of mind. Mm-hmm. Actually, that you know in that respect you, you know you, you would have needed some intensive support right like so, yeah you know and frankly a, a university environment lads in a house going out sport like yeah it's sports that, lads in a house isn't yeah that's that not that's not what's gonna make you feel better or, or help you right exactly exactly and so i sort of for maybe four to six weeks afterwards was like okay this is this is fine. I, I haven't had any any urges. I haven't done anything silly. I'm okay now. Like mm. in my head, I was like, I'm okay now. This is okay. So I started going out again, and it was just once a week to start off with, and then I, back down the rabbit hole. It ramped up again. I was I was drinking. There was drug use, but not as common. Not as it went from sort of once or twice a week to, to maybe once every other week. But it was still there was still substances involved. Mm. Um, and it just sort of it kept going and I was redoing my second year of uni and I was I was actually trying at that point but I'd yeah. left it so late in the year after my suicide attempt that there was no way of salvaging my university year yeah so and, and did you find like on the 
when you said you started back into, into the drugs and stuff, was it almost like you said you weren't doing, you know, as hard as you were? Like, was there almost like a, I suppose this there was that okay. kind of, yeah, that's kind yeah. of awareness. It's kind of, oh, I, you know, I do a little, I, I, you know, I do a little bit, you know, a, a little yeah. bit's okay. That's going to just kind of keep me, keep me above, you know, I'm not going to do loads because, you know, that's what, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. has maybe lead, led me to previous, but, you know, and you can see quite, you know, you, you, you can see how that can easily spiral, right? And yeah, and it did. Not fix the situation for you. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it'd be it'd be better. And I, I was still in a mindset um, of sort of, because I, I'd been enjoying that high so much, it made me feel, it made me feel quite honestly, I wasn't sort of numb or disassociative or just withdrawn. That I was like, I was still in the mindset that I needed that to have a good night and mm-hmm. to, to enjoy myself. Um, which isn't the case um, but that continued and then maybe sort of five or six months after my suicide attempt I just had another awful night where mm. I felt that I'd been humiliated and I, I was I hadn't been but I just w- took things too far in terms of drink and just sort of went off the rails again and sort of threatened to kill myself quite mm. publicly mm. Or, on on my snapchat and my social media mm. Um, and I have no recollection of this at all. Um, and my mum and childhood best friends came, they saw it and they both came and got me. Uh, and mm. they're like, that's enough. We're not going back to uni. Mm. Um, and then I think from there, really, the, the journey started properly in terms of dealing with it. And what, it's, what was your response to like, you're not going back to uni? Were you like, no, I'm going back? Or was it I like, was so mad for... at them. Yeah, oh, I, okay, I, was, yeah. I was in that car. I, I, How I dare remember. you? Yeah, like effing and blind like i hate you you're ruining my life mm. this is what i want to be doing mm. and in almost looking back at it now it, it wasn't it wasn't what i wanted to be doing i didn't want to be out all the time i didn't want to be at uni quite honestly i wasn't mm. enjoying my well i said i was enjoying my, i never applied myself for my course i never tried but it just um, wasn't for you right? it sounds like it just wasn't the right place for you yeah it, it, it may have been had i been in a different mindset but i yeah. think with everything going on um and i have thought about going back a few times but i just don't know if it's worth it quite honestly given mm. the, the student debt and all the actual practical things yeah um, i completely agree um but yeah uh, it, i was like no fuck you i hate you i need to go back for this this is where i'm meant to be and it was it was wrong but i was so i was so caught up in the idea of that this toxic environment would make me feel better mm. about what i wasn't dealing with that I felt I had to be there, and I sort of I I felt like I needed to be in that that hot that environment that was so bad for me. But also, but that, that environment's addictive, right? And not just unbelievably. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, the substances are addictive themselves, but even it alcohol is. itself, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very it's a self gratifying, you know. Like yes, you said, it is. Like you know, if you're going out every night and you know, casual sex, drink, drugs. I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle of a rock and roller, right? Like, yeah, and in it, some it respects, it you know it it's awesome in in a very small kind of little yeah little part, short-term but... gratification was there definitely the instant yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't rewarding in any other way apart from no. i'd feel good about myself for a few hours and that was it and when you're in that car and you were effing and blinding was that almost like you said that mask just fighting yeah i was just i think i was mad at myself i was mad at them i, I was mad quite just honestly angry, yeah, just yeah. angry i was angry i was hurt i was so unsure of sort of where I was and who I was and what I was mm. doing. And I was, mm. I think it's one of the few times in my life where I've sort of actually had no idea who I was as a person in terms of, I, I couldn't look at myself and go, what am I, who am I? I just didn't know. 
I'm so out of touch with myself. But even that, even like, do, 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 uh, okay, the question is, do you think we should know? Is it, can we know? I don't think you can ever truly know, but I think you, you can certainly, there are ways that you can check in with yourself in terms of mm. your needs and your wants and how you're feeling. And I was so out of touch with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably more, more is, more is the issue. Uh, and I wasn't respecting myself or my morals or doing things that made me feel like genuinely good. Mm. Um, and that can really wear you down after a while because without even realizing you're going against yourself and you're sort of engaging in self-destructive behavior that might not actually feel like it, but it is in, in some sense. It's a good way to put it. You're going against yourself. You're almost going right. Like your, your kind of your thoughts and your values, especially of what you want to do can send you off on a current in one direction. But actually if you turn around and fight against it, like it is amazing, like how, powerful that can be and how like you said how destructive that can be yeah yeah massively um it, it can be so destructive and it's it, it sometimes it's a lot harder to stay true to yourself than it is to actually to, to sort of give in to those urges or, or the pressure or anything else around yeah. you and, and i suppose like when we've we've got such strong urges to be validated in front of people and like you said like you know if you know if you've got that front where let, let's say you were bullied and you're like right i'm I, you know i'm gonna be the life and soul of the party like that trigger that humiliation you can see you can Huge. see how that can basically pull pull the rug from under you instantly Humongously, yeah Humongously. and then suddenly you're back like you said you hit the bottom bad things happen dark thoughts happen and you know you're not like you said on that kind of you're not swimming with your current of how you you'd want your life to actually be but these are powerful feelings so you can't it's difficult yeah. to control yeah very Everyone much wants so. to be loved right yeah exactly exactly and i think chasing validation for me was it was a huge thing sort of mm. through my sort of maybe 18 to 22 that that sort of those four years chasing validation was a huge thing for me it's something i didn't get a lot growing up from from school through being bullied my relationship with my dad wasn't amazing growing up and it, it only really came into its own when I was older mm. um and yeah so it was, it was very much a case of seeking validation was a huge part of why I behaved how I behaved I just wanted to be acknowledged and mm. people say I was, I was I was good at something and yeah I found the life of the party I, I could do that well um yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't validation in the right ways and I was I was trying to fill a hole with things that wouldn't fill that hole and I'm trying to meet a need and it's not like and it's not like it's the you know there's external validation but also there's that internal validation right as well like you you seek in external validation when you when you don't trust yourself right you don't yeah. trust that you're good at something you need someone to say you're good at this you're good at that whereas there's that really kind of satisfying sense and, you know and it sounds like you you've you've reached a place now where you know what is good for you you know what it is and if someone challenged you on that you'd be like no fuck off yeah i don't yeah, agree no, with you yeah this very is who much. i am yeah and no, i'm i'm very firm on sort of these days where if there's a situation i don't want to be and i remove myself just leave yeah 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 i don't owe people without things. telling anyone just leave <laughs> No, sometimes in the old backdoor shuffle. Yeah, I um, love a backdoor shuffle. <laughs> oh, it's honestly my favourite things to do now on nights out. It's just a backdoor shuffle. It's oh, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very much a case of, or very much believer now in saying that if I'm in a situation that I don't think is going to meet my needs, or isn't meeting my needs, or is making me not feel good about myself, it's a case of just saying no and removing yourself. You haven't got to be in that situation. Um, you don't know that situation. All those people, shit, you don't ever think um but you do it yourself an awful lot and i think i i, I can handle now 
like you said about the external internal validation for the, the longest time as a sort of a young adult i said it like i'm old i'm only 24 but um oh, as a young mate as a in younger the last adult, five years it sounds like you changed a lot i don't you, recognize that person you exactly and you've lived like a you know someone who's lived for 20 you know you know you know for 20 or 30 40 years i've gotten my fair share of living in yeah 100 um but it's yeah i couldn't i i wasn't able to tell the difference but i thought external validation would internally validate mm, me yeah so i was point. seeking that external validation because i thought that was going to make me feel good about who i am and it wasn't and i was straying further and further mm. from what would validate me internally in doing so so i think that that also creates a really weird dynamic where you feel like the the approval of your peers will make you feel good about yourself as a human being but it doesn't and so you seek that approval more mm. and more but subconsciously you don't want that and you start to resent yourself for seeking that approval yeah. it's a very vicious well, cycle it's a vicious cycle and it's like completely illogical and but when you're in there it makes complete sense it's really strange yeah yeah Whereas, emotions are really logical yeah but then but i suppose does it help now if you let's say you do have these thoughts and i'm sure you know I, i'm sure there are yeah. times where these thoughts still appear right like yes but yeah. you're 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 able to cope with them you know now or much yeah. better now yeah like, much better yeah are you able to take yourself you know away and just say hold on jack that's that's you know what i'm thinking doesn't literally doesn't make sense it's illogical so i'm going to ignore that thought because that makes yeah. No sense <laughs> yeah yeah you can massively. go away <laughs> yeah 100 100 i think i think sort of a, a, as a result of, of spending a lot of my life seeking validation i'm still very harsh on myself I, i'm a very harsh critic of myself well it's in um, your dna now right yeah it, it's very it's much been an ingrained it's been an ingrained thought process for 10 15 years of my life and i'm only yeah, yeah i'm still 24 so yeah. for a huge part of my mental life it's, it's been there so it's it's still the, the thoughts are still there i still have insecurities i still struggle with not being good enough or mm. or, or things like that it just how it presents itself has changed i think yeah. now and how but, I, but, but, it has I think i think you're speaking like of a common human experience now right Massively. like we like we're social we're social creatures like we need yes. validation so mm-hmm. but obviously like you said like being aware of how that external validation can impact you internally is, is a really powerful insight which if you don't have you can you know you, you know you can go down that rabbit hole like I, I'd, be interested, I'd be interested when you know you know going back to that car when you work on a fighting it says you said that your journey started like you know mm-hmm. but, you know i'd love to hear about how that journey did start you know and the support that you got the tools the tips the techniques that have helped you along your way yeah um so i, I think it for me the journey really started where I sort of my best friend and my mother brought me home and the next day they both came around so my best friend's a a lad called Jordan and we've been friends since we were 12 so half of our lives um so he's been a huge part of my life growing up Um, it sounds like we should have a big shout out to Jordan right yeah for being a best mate right yeah for going above and beyond and I'll never I'll never have to thank him properly he's your sidekick right yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and it's one of those friendships where even though we're now living in different places and doing different things when we see each other it's like nothing's ever changed brotherhood right yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um like he got a key to my mum's new house before i got a key to my house so (laughs) So your mum prefers him (laughs) i think so yeah he's the favorite son um but it's fine because his mum prefers me so i think it balances out win-win yeah um but but they they both sort of sat me down and I, i think what really hit me it was seeing the impact my choices had had on other people. It was realizing that, you know, watching my mum cry because she had to deal with the facts or she was trying to deal with the fact that her, her firstborn, her son didn't want to be alive anymore. 
uh, and watching Jordan sort of seeing it in his eyes, realizing that his his best friend, his brother didn't want to be like, it was the impact of my actions that had sort of really, it made me realize that this wasn't an okay way to be living. It was seeing it on those that I love and realizing that I'd, I was having such a humongous impact. Uh, you know, I wasn't being accountable or responsible for my decisions, which I, whilst I was making them from a, you know, a very dark place. Mm. Um, I'm also a big believer in sort of that there is a degree of accountability no matter what you do and where you're coming from. You have a responsibility to manage your emotions to some extent. Um, and I, I wasn't doing that. And it was seeing that in my, my mum and my, my best friend's eyes. And I was like, my actions are really hurting other people and they're hurting me. Mm. And it was, it was then that I realized like something had to change because if it didn't change, I'd be dead. Yeah. And it was, it and was that's then, a simple maths, right? It was, it was as simple as if something doesn't change, I will try and kill myself again. I will still continue to hate myself and it, it will happen inevitably. And I spent sort of four months building up to it, saying that wasn't the case, but it was such, it was so the case. And once you made that, I suppose, choice, how did that feel? Um, it, it's, it's terrifying, quite honestly. It's, mm. you're having to realise that the, these demons, these issues are real mm. uh, and sort of naming them makes them very real. And that in itself is quite frightening. Um, you have to admit that the issues are real and that you're, you're having these issues. That's quite a scary idea. Yeah. Um, but it was also empowering to a degree because I was making the choice that I, I wanted to be alive. It, it wasn't a case of I was, I wasn't living for the sake of living, or I wasn't. I didn't want. To, well, I still, at some points, had had dark thoughts, mm. um, but I wasn't sort of in the mindset that I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be here. Things would be easier if I wasn't here. It was a case of I, 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 I'm here to, I, I'm living now. It's time to live. It's time to make choices that, that mean that I live my life. How I want to be living my life. And that's quite empowering at the same time. Oh, huge. And, and, and did you find, cause like to be able to kind of reframe those thoughts is amazing. Like, did you get support to be able to do that? Or was that something which actually came from really deep, deep within you? It was a mixture of the two. I think I made the decision for me. It was, it was seeing the impact on my mum and Jordan, seeing yeah. it in their eyes and going like, holy shit, what I've done is having such a humongous impact on those around me. Mm. Um, and I also, I, uh, I have quite a big family and one of my cousins is an amazing lad called Aiden. And without telling me, and I still have this in my possession to this day, it's one of my most treasured possessions. He got a notebook and he got every single member of my family to write a message in it to me about how much they love me and how they want me here. Um, and I still have it in my bedside table to this day. And it, it was, yeah, it was things like that that sort of, it makes you realize that you're here for more, just more than yourself. Yeah. But also like it's, it's, it gives you, it's power. That's, that's proper validation. That's just love. That's love, right? Like that's what you're looking for. That's what you were looking for, right? That, that's yes. the validation. It's like, oh, hold on, people love me. I'm yeah, not a, I'm not a shit bloke. I'm actually no, not. I'm not. I'm not I'm a okay. Waste of space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's do this. <laughs> let, let, let's let's start exactly exactly. And I still, it's it's one of my my treasured like one of my favorite memories receiving that from from my family and, God, and I, I can't imagine what you were like when you read that. Like my God. <laughs> tears instantly Awful. yeah i yeah, still yeah, yeah, i still yeah. cry when i read it now i got teary then talking about it. yeah it's such a powerful thing for me um it's a lot of the times it's that sort of beacon and the light when it's when things get a bit darker yeah um, but, but that's the thing like you know I, I know there are there are situations and in life 
we are fundamentally, you know, there are situations where we are on our own and there are some people who have tragically, who are, who really are alone. Yes. But at some stages in your life, you're not alone and actually cultivating those relationships around you, even if it's a small group of people, like to know that they love you and you love them. For, it's you know, I, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I don't understand it, but I mean, it makes me want to be here. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's, it's, it's things like that. Those, you have shit moments, you have great moments, you have moments in between, but it's those moments that you, you treasure and those experiences that are one of the major reasons why I wanted to stay alive, why I made the choice to be alive. It's life has, life throws shit things at you. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a boot right now. I went to rugby for three months, that's shit, but it's still so worth living. It's, it, it, there's still beauty in all of it and it's, it's worth being here 100%. And did you find that, like, because you said you 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 still see a therapist, and like, yeah, um, and that 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 massively helps. Is there are there any other kind of like things that you do now on your kind of regular day to day, or on your every week, every month, yeah. that aren't necessarily, you know, intensive therapy, but things that keep you keep Take you happy, you know, yeah. happy Jack. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of things that I I sort of make the effort to do. I, I'm very big on doing things just general things that make me happy mm. um so if that's I, I i've just moved to bristol with my my girlfriend and we live really close to the harbor awesome. um and so something i love to go and do is take evening walks around the harbor with folks mm. so it's so beautiful and i love being in such a place with her yeah. um rugby is is huge I, I feel like rugby between rugby and therapy they saved my life quite honestly mm. um that camaraderie the dodgers those boys we have a group chat that's always going off it's mm. it's to the point where my phone has to be on do not disturb at night when i get in trouble <laughs> with the missus it, you know um so those those boys are always there um the, the boys that i play with now at my new club you know it's it's that the gym is, is a big one for me but i'm also i think it it's the smaller things you can do the self-care things like taking that time to sort of check in with yourself emotionally taking five minutes yeah um I'm a, I'm big on sort of I, I was before I moved to Bristol. I haven't got a garden now, unfortunately. But when I used to live in Chippenham, I had a garden, and I was very big on sort of in the mornings. If I was having a an anxious day, of sort of taking the time to check in with myself in the garden. So I take my socks yeah. off, and I would go and stand on the grass. And it's, yeah. it's that I really more, feel it. Yeah, that physical. Yeah. That physical reaction could be very grounding. Sort of the the wet grass. It, it it brings you very much into the moment, and you can check in and take stock of how you're feeling. And you can check in with where is feeling good and where isn't feeling good and what you think is bothering you. And, and that's sort of, if you're aware of what's making you anxious or that you are anxious, it's a lot easier to approach that in a way that you can deal with it than it is just sort of go, oh shit, I feel anxious today. Let's, let's not see what the cause of that is. And yeah. just sort of, you know, it's like the, the car light coming on and you ignoring it. Yeah. it it's that sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. And, so it's, and with that, that checking in with yourself, because, I mean, that's I mean, it's pretty profound, right? Is that something you were taught or is that something that you've, you've come to, you know, that, that's a, something that's, that you've realised works for you and it's your own tool? Um, I think that's a, it's a middle ground for that one. It was oh, something okay. that my therapist would get me to do in sessions when I was, mm. when we were discussing sort of, you know, the, the meatier topics, I'll call it sort of the, the yeah, more yeah. intense stuff. It's very, to become overwhelmed. You get very anxious in the moment. You get very your body reacts very physically and so he would do things like get me to to ground myself sort of take note of my feet being against the floor my my, my body in the chair yeah. how i'm breathing and those sort of it, it 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 brings you into that moment it takes you out of that 
that sort of heightened state of adrenaline of of fear of upset and it brings you more into the present moment and it was something that he would get me to do and I've realized through doing that that it does just work for me and it's it's something that I can use to sort of check in with myself quite quite well and it it functions well for me oh honestly Jack thank you so much for sharing your story right like thank you um for being so honest and i think i can probably say on behalf of everyone we are extremely happy that you are here sharing that story thank like, you. it's what well, it sounds like as well like you said you're, you're you're 24 now 24 yeah 24 i mean it sounds like you've lived multiple lives and but it also like what's 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 the i think what's encouraging obviously you you never you, you'd never wish that anyone would go through the experiences that you've been through at all but no by being self-aware at your frankly at your 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 young age where you've got the whole of life in front of you like you know you've i suppose you're you're now an empowered person right you're yeah you're ready to take on work in whatever form it takes family life whatever form that takes like deal with difficult conversations and i suppose live in a much more kind of fulfilling way than you did before yeah 100% it's a lot easier now to be true to myself and to to live my life the way I want to live but yeah still yeah I'm better equipped to deal with things so it's when there are bumps in the road it isn't a case of the wheels off the wagon it's a case of the wheels come loose Uh, and it's you know now I'm equipped to get that wheel back on as opposed to it's on the roadside and the wagon's the wagon's broken down it's more a case of you know I just need to do a few little things to fix it or it's not as much of a battle now I think and it's it, it's it's such a I always find it weird I love saying the sentence because it's such a bizarre sentence but I'm I'm grateful that I went through what I've been through mm. I'm almost it it changed my life in such a positive way mm. so that th- there are aspects of me that can completely appreciate and are, are grateful not not for how I felt and what I went through but for the growth that it's caused me to the the challenges that I've had to face and how that's helped me change as a person and how it's helped me find these tools because beforehand I was turning to to sort of drink and drugs and partying and and those those aren't healthy coping mechanisms and I have ones that are better for me and you find as well like when you go through those really really dark times you kind of it's a funny one you kind of feel life's limits in a way like yes. you feel your own boundaries and limits and now you've got you said you're you know sounds you know hugely grounded in terms of and you understand what you love and what you don't and therefore you only do the songs you love and like it becomes much more simple but you can be quite feel quite safe in the knowledge that you're so far away from those boundaries and those limits now because you can choose where to walk now you could choose to walk yeah. down if you wanted but you go you, you, you know it might peer off the edge and go nah not today no, i'm off not, yeah exactly exactly and i think you're much more in control yes yeah and i think a, a huge part of why people spiral in that way and why I spiraled in that way is i didn't feel like i was in control and i was trying to take control on ways that i thought would would work for me but they, they didn't um you know, I was making I was making choices that I thought would empower me, and they 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 were in in very short terms, uh, and the, the negative effects were, were were much greater. But now I am in control a lot more about how I feel and what I do. And I think if you having the the awareness of yourself to go, you know what, that sounds like it would really be shit for me mentally. I yeah. don't want to do that. You save yourself a lot of stress and trouble. Um, like you said, yeah, you can go up to the edge, you can peer over it, but you're a lot 
more empowered not to fall off that edge mm. you have that rope around your waist almost you know you haven't quite got that yeah so it's yeah it, it, it's strange but it, it it's very empowering yeah and it is strange like it's different and i think you articulated amazingly well like and some really useful images and, and, and analogies there as well like and it does yeah. feel like that the rope you know you you feel tethered you feel grounded yes. you know you feel centered like there's all these feelings which we try and articulate which we, we often think we don't quite get the words out but actually i think speaking as you do like you, you know you've provided during this episode like 10 images of frankly like and i think you know visualizations and imagery is a very powerful part of healing as yeah. well and by 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 expressing what you've done i really hope that people out there as well can really take solace in those those images and if they're going through a tough time like do imagine yourself being with a rope tied around you and actually there are a lot of people around you that love you and you are connected to a lot of good things in the world and yeah that's something that that's something to live for yeah 100 percent. and that there are people around you that will pull that rope for you if you need them to yeah. um but yeah, it's, yeah, life is worth living. I think I've found more than anything these days. Yeah, <laughs> I'd agree. Good on you, mate. Yeah, um, thank Jack, you. thank you so much for a fascinating, insightful conversation and, and really appreciate your honesty. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Cool. And thank you to everyone listening. You can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Psychic Community or Psychic Stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like the show. And do check out our free Psychic app for iPhone and iPad. It's a collection of interactive exercises, tools and tips to help you boost your mental well-being. The app enables you to build a personalized well-being toolkit to help you deal with life's ups and downs. Just go to our website, www.sidekick.org.uk and click the download now button in the header to take you to the app store. Jack, thanks so much again. Thanks, Pat. Cheers. Mm-hmm.